Support for the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, providing you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Let's face it, we've all had our fair share of close calls while trimming below the belt. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They've spent years perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. The state-of-the-art trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skincare technology, a battery that will last up to 90 minutes, waterproof technology that allows you to groom in the shower, and an LED light feature which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. We both know that cleaning up down there is a must, so you might as well use the best. Help us usher in a new outside-the-industry sponsor and solidify a relationship with this great company long into the future, all while improving your grooming experience. Trim that junk of yours and order today to help us out. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast with your host, Cody Jansen. Am I on air? What's up, everybody? We're back. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to episode 36 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires. Did you know that you can purchase CST products directly at shop.csttires.com? Perfect if you're unable to find what you're looking for at your local dealer. So head over to shop.csttires.com today. We have a big time episode for you tonight. Chad Weenan is such a great guest and he's going to join us coming off his ridiculous seventh career pro class national championship. I always feel like I learned so much from Chad and that's no different with tonight's segment. So looking forward to getting him on shortly. But first, shortly after our last episode was released, it was announced that Joel Hattrick and his Phoenix racing team would be riding Yamahas in 2021 and it damn near blew up the internet. So he hinted at as much as he could on the previous episode, but now that it's official, we brought Casey Greek back to clear the air and give us some more insight into the monumental change for the two-time champ. So sit back and get ready for some really fun and super insightful conversation tonight. Originally, this episode was going to feature Chad and Casey as well as Joel Hedrick and some representatives from Yamaha, but it was too hard to get everyone on the same schedule and... The content is great enough as is, it probably belongs to be broken up anyway. So you'll hear from Casey as we discuss Joel Hetrick's switch to Yamaha before we dig deep with Chad Weenan into his season that resulted in a seventh championship. We'll talk about the moment that changed the course of his season, what motivates him, and so much more, including what he thinks about Joel Hetrick switching to Yamaha. Then next week, we'll get Joel Hetrick on as well as Scott Newby from Yamaha so we can cover the story from all angles. So enjoy tonight's episode. Look forward to next week's, but first, 
first, let's thank all the great sponsors that make this show possible. And a special shout out to DID Racing Chain, one of our original believers, our day one supporters, and now back for yet another year together. Thanks for digging deep with us. Thanks to our title sponsor, CST Tires, csttires.com. The Pulse MXR tire is the best tire on the market no matter what the terrain. Join the CST takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Thank you to Motorsports Powerhouse and show sponsor, Yamaha. We are proud to be partnered with the winningest manufacturer of the past decade in ATV motocross and the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is Team Blue Crew. Thank you, Yamaha. Check them out at YamahaOutdoors.com. Thanks to another member of Racing Royalty and longtime sponsor of my personal racing efforts, Valvoline. For over 150 years, Valvoline has been dedicated to innovating and improving your riding and driving experience. The world's oldest oil company still leads the charge with unrivaled products and lubricants. Thanks to Team Valvoline for coming on board. Thank you to SSI Decals. SSI Decals is the decal choice of champions everywhere and is synonymous with the best decals and graphics kits on the market. Their track record speaks for itself. Champions choose SSI Decals for unmatched look and quality. Thanks to those guys. Check them out today at SSIDecals.com. It's an absolute honor to be partnered with Wienan Motorsports. We all know him as one of the toughest competitors ATV Motocross has ever seen, and Chad Wienan has built quite the business within the industry as well. The same products he handpicked to help him win six AMA ATV Pro National Championships are available to you through Wienan Motorsports. Simply put, he sells what he races. So head over to WienanMotorsports.com to see everything they have to offer and use promo code DIGDEEP to save at checkout. Thanks to Chad Wienan and Wienan Motorsports for further legitimizing everything we're doing here at Digging Deep. It's an absolute honor. Thank you to DID Racing Chain and the 520 ATD2 X-Ring Chain. Team USA, Joel Hetrick, and myself trusted DID's unrivaled chain quality all the way to championship victory this past season. Wherever you go, go with DID. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and keeping costs affordable the goal. This Michigan-based family operation is here to push stereotypes and limitations while recognizing riders' desire to showcase their identity with eccentric colorways and crazy patterns. Gripped is driven to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. Get a grip on life. Check them out at grippedgloves.com. That's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save. Thanks to the Decker Training Facility. The Decker Training Facility at County Line MX is now open. This premier motocross training compound is located in beautiful Fountain, Florida, a short 40-minute drive from Panama City Beach. Their rapidly growing facility consists of a pro-level national track, amateur and youth tracks, woods loop, and mountain bike trails. Everything you need to train comfortably all winter long is available on site, including private cabins, a full gym, RV hookups, bathhouses, garage, dump station, wash bays, and more. With accommodations for riders across the country and around the world, the Decker Training Facility will help you become the best rider you can be. Sign up for a group training session or a private lesson with nationally ranked pros. Train tougher, smarter, and harder this off-season at one of Florida's most luxurious facilities. For more information, go to DeckerTrainingFacility.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Decker Training Facility, your elite training experience. Thank you, Namira Technologies. Namira, Pistons with an Attitude. Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side markets since 2001 with their wide array of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits. 
To purchase, visit your local dealer or online at namira.com. That's N-A-M-U-R-A.com. Also, a big thanks to Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been the industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. Whether it's electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, suspension parts or bearing kits, Bronco is your hard part source when it comes to whatever you need for whatever you ride. BroncoATV.com. Thanks to Forwards Carbon for the continued support. Known for their hoods, seat covers, array of carbon parts, and so much more. Forwards is your one-stop shop to give your ATV a new and improved look with increased function this year. Head over to the social media pages or website today. Thanks to Forwards Carbon. Thanks to DP Brakes, the unquestioned leader in motorsports and power sports braking. DP is the brand responsible for allowing Joel Hedrick, your host Cody Jansen, and so many others to outbreak the competition every time they hit the racetrack. It's never too late to join the team, so act fast. www.dp-brakes.com Thank you to Mountaineer Brand. If you know me, you know I love my... What the? Hey, that's my line. If you know me, you know I love my beard. That's why I treat it right with Mountaineer Brand's all-natural washes, oils, balms, and more. Use discount code CODYSFAVE in all caps. That's C-O-D-Y-S-F-A-V, CODYSFAVE in all caps at mountaineerbrand.com. Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply is a racing family-owned business that serves as a steel and concrete supplier to the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by their 4130 chromoly tubing and plate. And with over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next project. Their central Midwest location enables them to easily serve customers across the United States. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do. Thanks to Launderville Steel, Enterprises, and Concrete Supply. We're thankful for our partnership with Factory 43. Since 2007, this racer-owned company has been striving to offer a quality product that installs easy, looks good, and holds up over time, producing bumpers, grab bars, nerf bars, and other accessories. For 2020, Factory 43 is the aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing Honda team, providing riders like Joel Hedrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Chris Borich and Grayson Eller with their motocross and cross country versions of Evo Nerf bars and MX style front bumpers. Head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of products. Thanks to Factory 43. We are proud to be partnered with Bike Strikes and Quads LLC. Bike Strikes and Quads LLC was started by former racers selling three wheeler parts out of a barn in upstate New York. Now, 10 years later, BTQ LLC has over 40,000 new and used parts in stock, but they haven't forgotten their roots, still offering used OEM parts for three-wheelers, dirt bikes, ATVs, and side-by-sides. Parts are in stock and ready to ship with guaranteed delivery within three days, including free shipping on orders of over $50. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for $10 off of orders $50 or more. We're grateful to have Bike Strikes and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Support our industry's small businesses and thank you BTQ LLC. We are proud of our partnership with Roman Health. On average, Americans are forced to wait 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment 
ASAP. That's why our friends at Rollman have spent years building a digital platform to connect you with a licensed doctor in your state from the comfort of your own home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy will ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. Plus, there's no commitments and you can cancel any time with Roman. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. Thanks as always to Evans Waterless Power Sports Cooling. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track. When conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save at checkout, evanscoolant.com. Thanks to Blender's Eyewear, whose life and forward motion brand is the perfect fit to partner with our podcast. You won't find better shades for a more attractive price anywhere else. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save on the trendiest shades on the market, blenderseyewear.com. Thanks to Avocado Green Mattresses, the Avocado Mattress offers zoned back support with an internal support unit, meaning whether you are recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you are experiencing next-level comfort. With a 100-night sleep trial, free shipping and return pickups, and a 25-year warranty, getting your Avocado Green Mattress could not be any easier. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. From our new partners to our original sponsors, thanks for supporting the number one podcast in ATV racing and making this dream a reality for both us and our listeners. We pride ourselves in partnering with only the best brands inside and outside of the industry, so better your riding experience and your lifestyle by supporting the sponsors who support us. And if you enjoy the show, the best thing you can do is support our partners. If you're interested in becoming a partner of the show, shoot me a message or email today for more details. We are running a discounted partnership rate to assist small businesses, so message or email us today to keep your brand relevant. Once again, thanks to all of our sponsors. All right, guys, let's get this jam-packed episode started by welcoming this guy back for his third straight week, brought to you by Manscaped and their Lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer. Go to manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout. Back again from Impact Solutions, it's Casey Greek. What's up, Casey? You're becoming a regular co-host on this thing. We're going to have to put your name on the logo here pretty quick. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It's uh, It's been cool. It's been a cool... Uh... The first two episodes are pretty cool with all the different hype going on in the industry. So I'm excited here to be back on and kind of clarify a few things, I think, from our last show and, you know, kind of dig a little bit deeper into this whole new thing with uh, Joel on the Yamaha. Yeah, I mean, we had to get you back on because we recorded that previous episode and Joel's big brand switch wasn't quite public knowledge yet, but that quickly changed. It I was joking that it became the worst kept secret in the industry, I think. So I know you kind of wanted to clear the air. You obviously knew more about the move than you could lead on at the time, um, being inside that the, the, the inner circle of that program. But when we recorded, it just wasn't something you could speak on yet. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, at the time when we recorded, I knew what was going on. I've known for you know, quite a few months what was going on and it wasn't anything to do with, you know, what David has going on, you know, the, or the Phoenix racing team has going on with Honda, any of that kind of stuff. It was just something that we put into motion or, you know, the team, not me, but the team put into motion months ago to ride the bike and do some testing on it and see if Joel liked it better. 
and see if that was the direction they wanted to go. Um, the inner circle of the team is going to be remain the same. There's um, very little flaw in that program. And that's what we were kind of alluding to in the last episode. You know, everyone keeps talking about all these big, big changes. Obviously, this is a big change. Yep. And that <laughs> kind of goes backwards to what we're saying. But we were more focused on changing the actual program itself as in staff and the components that they're using. The only thing they're really doing now is just changing the bike manufacturer. They're still sticking with Walsh Racecraft. You know, they have motor guys there, you know, in-house. They got, you know, Impact Solutions and Elka Suspension doing, you know, Joel Shocks and Jeffries and Grayson's and Noah and Hayden and all these guys stuff. So all those components are staying the same. Um, I'd say 95% of what they're using staying exactly the same. They're just going to switch bike brand. And like I told everyone, it's not blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think um, I got a big smile on my face when you when you said that you can guarantee the thing wasn't going to be blue. Obviously, we all saw the pictures by now. That uh, yeah, the thing is not blue. But I'm glad that you clarified that a little bit because yeah, I mean, I was getting comments too, like you know this this didn't age well, and you know you guys said that nothing should change, and now this and blah blah blah, and yeah, like we kind of had a feeling. Uh, you knew, but we kind of had a feeling that something like this could happen, was going to happen. But what I was doubling down on was the fact that the program was a good program. And I think that this kind of further showcases that because you're taking a good program that had one DNF this year, and now they're trying to figure out a way to make that program even better. Like they had one flaw and this is their way of fixing it. Am I right? Yeah, but I don't even think the the actual switch comes down to that one DNF. I mean, that's continually, like, keeps getting brought up, keeps getting brought up. Guess what? 2020 is over as far as a race season. Um, This decision was in the works, in all honesty, before that DNF ever happened. It was something that I think was addressed with, you know, some other people or whatever. And just to try it just to see if he liked the bike and he's ridden the bike now obviously and he's really from what i've been told and what he's told me he's really enjoying the bike and i think um you know he'll be able to clarify that a little bit more when he does the show but this wasn't because of one moto at pleasure valley okay okay yeah that was uh Either way, I mean, I'm proud of the way that we handled this thing on on the last episode. Um, like I said last week, I'm not in the business of spreading rumors, and, and none of us misspoke, which I was super proud of. But um, do you know what happened? Because it seemed like they even, like, announced it sooner than they wanted to. At least that's what it looked like from the outside. I, I heard maybe somebody leaked it, or um, either way, it seemed like they announced it earlier than, than I expected them to. Yeah, I think it was drawn real hard by the hype because it, it was obviously <laughs> the worst kept secret in the industry. I mean, yeah. a lot of a lot a lot of people knew. And then obviously there's a lot of hands going to building a bike. And so people had to know before it could ever be spoke about, you know, myself included. I couldn't tell anyone what was really going on. And people are asking me all the time and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. And it sounds stupid. And so now that it's all out and yep. the the process that it came out in I feel like it came out earlier than it was going to come out and it was drawn up because of the hype. I know they shot the video that we all seen on Saturday and they were going to rush to get it done and release this thing on Monday. And I think there was, um, 
a couple photos leaked, maybe a clip or something. I don't have a fact on that. That's just kind of what I kind of read through some Facebook messages or not messages, but comments. Okay. Um, yep. That someone had sent some stuff out on Sunday. So then it was even a more of a panic. Let's get this out there so we can have a decent reveal on this whole thing. And the, you know, the rip it up films gloop, like the video that he did and just the confidence and like the voice that Joel has in that video, yeah. watching him ride. I mean, it pretty much solidifies all of it. Who cares if it came out early? I'm glad it's out now because I don't have to keep it under my hat anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we can be a little bit more public. And when we're asking for things from certain people, you know, I've gotten a couple parts from some people that I had to kind of keep it hush-hush okay. and not really say what I was doing and why I was doing this. And so um, I think it's, better now i like that it's out early and we're not waiting until january and trying to keep all this all under a hat joel can go ride wherever he wants to ride now yep and that's fine you know like no one everyone knows and so obviously behind the scenes to answer some of like the phoenix honda racing and all this different stuff that little bits little tinny bits that i know it's all on the up and up everything's good joel's gonna ride for phoenix racing He's going to ride the bike that we've obviously all seen. And, and, you know, they still have a dirt bike team. And from what I understand, that dirt bike team's still going to be on Hondas. It's all good. Yeah. So overall, his program only changed bike manufacturer. And I truly believe it was for the better for him, like a fresh, a breath of fresh air. Like I've said it to a couple of mm-hmm. people. They're like, what? Well, the Honda was so good. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. But look what. Justin Barsha left factory Honda and went to another team and all of a sudden went out and won races. Mm -hmm. He was on factory Honda, like HRC factory Honda and was like a fifth, sixth place guy, which is still very impressive, but that's not where Justin Barsha wants to be. No. So Joel's not a fifth, sixth place guy. He's a first, second place guy all the time. But now with just like a rejuvenation, I would be – I mean, the dude's going to be gnarly. Oh, change for anybody inside this sport, I think, can be a good thing. You know, going too long, or any sport, I guess. You know, you look at whether it be football coaches, that their their message runs dry. Or like I said, with with racing people, you said Barsha. I think of Osborne. I think of you got all kinds of guys that leave a good thing to – to go do, you know, to, to change it up and it springboards them. And the thing for Joel is it's not even, he's not leaving anywhere. He's staying within a good program and just, uh, but this is going to insert new life into that program. So I think that it's a, it's a really exciting time, but yeah, I mean, the, the rumors, even after, even the, the things that are just the things that are going around the internet right now, even after the announcement, it's like, man, it's like, I almost needed a break from it, you know? So it's just, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's like, I've seen someone, I've seen someone post, I don't even know who it was, but they posted that I didn't know what I was talking about with the comments that I made and yeah. Sean knew under his hat, but couldn't, didn't want to say nothing to make me look dumb or something like that, which is, which is awesome. <laughs> I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Like, yeah. obviously I knew, and obviously I couldn't say nothing. Right. And so those are just the positions that we're in when you're on, you know, somewhat the inside, I guess. So it's just funny. So th- this should clarify a lot of those things on, you know, where we were at with that podcast and where we're going forward. 
And I think a lot of it was, I never anticipated it really to come to light to the public this soon. So I'm excited though. Oh, for sure. I think, uh, I think I even saw people like poor gloop. I think people were getting on gloop even from the, from the episode previous, you know, saying something about a question (laughs) that I asked him, like you didn't, you know, that, 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 uh, you know, so yeah, I saw all kinds of comments, but, um, the thing that is cool is that, uh, we got some, a platform like this now where we can talk about it and create some buzz like that, like we have. And, uh, otherwise we would just, you know, gloop obviously kills it with the videos and all that stuff, but that's where it would start and end. And at least with, uh, with the podcast platform, we can add a little, uh, more banter to it, which is fun. So, um, my next question was going to be, you know, when did you guys, you know, I guess, um, start to know that this was a possibility that this switch was a possibility, but you had already stated that the, 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 the kind of the wheels had been put into motion months ago. So, um, we'll kind of move on from that. And, and I guess to tie all that up, you can't argue the fact that the whole thing is awesome to me because for years Phoenix racing created this feeling of Honda versus Yamaha. Right. And, um, for them to succumb to that and align themselves with a a manufacturer, the one manufacturer that continues to support our sport of ATV racing, I really think nothing but good can come of this. I mean, for years, people have said the biggest problem is the fact that so many individuals are still riding, racing, and supporting Honda, even though it had been damn near a decade since they produced a quad. So I really think that um, this move as a whole for ATV racing is a positive thing. I, I agree. I think it's a positive thing. Um, and I don't think it's anything about uh, Honda versus Yamaha or anything like that. I think obviously the relationship that David or the Phoenix racing team has with Honda is still very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the industry in a whole, for Joel to switch to a different bike brand like he has now, um, I think it's a positive for sure, but I think it's more about just winning races and putting the kid on something, you know, whatever he feels he's the happiest with, whether it was a KTM, a Kawasaki, a Honda, a Suzuki, whatever he rode and he liked the best, that's what he was going to race on. Sure. Just going back to just like that breath of fresh air and, yep. you know, doing whatever they want to do just to kind of rejuvenate, re- rejuvenate, not I've. <laughs> rejuvenate like Joel in a sense not that he was down and out by any chance I mean he had a a fighting chance of this title all the way to the you know pretty much the last moto but I think there was just certain things that we've learned over time that the the Yamaha is um, got a couple little advantages in it. Of course. And, and like, I, I guess where I was going with that is, you know, you come into the pro pits at an ATV race and there's the big, you know, the blue yep. rig yep. and there was always the big red Phoenix racing Honda rig. And um, not that, I mean, they're still going to be the top two pillars in the sport. I guess where I was going with that is I think that it's really good for all of us that the two top guys in the sport are going to be um, riding the machine that's still being produced. I just think that that's a good look for um, the sport. And I mean, 
I mean, there's that, this is another thing that's going on all over the internet right now, but you know, who knows if it could ever spark another manufacturer to get back in there. Cause I mean, this is going to create more and more um, of an increased market share for Yamaha. You know, when Joel makes a, makes a move to ride Yamahas, it's going to influence people um, in one way or another. People have been asking me what this means for Phoenix Racing, Honda, and guys like Jeffrey Rostrelli, but I assume um, we've already talked about this, but you can bury that name. It's not going to be Phoenix Racing, Honda anymore. Um, I'm sure the whole team, and, and I believe that you've said this already, but I'm sure the whole team is going to be making the switch um, so for the other guys on the team, I mean, this is going to be an all, an all Yamaha team. Am I right? Yeah. On the ATV side, from everything that I know as of right now, it will be all Yamaha. Okay. Um, you know, whatever riders are there or not or whatever, I don't know any of that stuff even, but okay. yep. they will be riding Yamahas, um, and moving into 2021. Okay. What do you, I don't know why I thought of this, but what do you think Chad thinks of this, of all this news right now? You see, we got him coming up on the show too. I may just have to ask him, but uh, he was one of the first people that came to mind. Cause I'm like, huh, I wonder what Chad thinks of, uh, of these guys hopping on Yamahas too. I think Chad's known for a couple months in oh, my, really? in, my okay. per, in my personal feeling. I think okay. um, Thomas knew, I think Chad knew. I mean, there's uh -huh. a lot of guys that are, in in that pro pit i think that already knew and maybe they didn't and maybe you could ask chad if he knew or if he had heard the rumor or not what he actually thinks about it oh man <laughs> well, <laughs> i don't well, know well, i don't think well, chad will really think about it that's what, well yeah and, and he would never probably tell us anyway he keeps every, everything so tight to the vest but you're right you hit on that earlier so many people are involved in, in putting together a bike like that or, or all the parts and all these things i mean that's where some of this you know worst kept secret comes from because there's just so many people that have you know a, a piece in in this puzzle yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many of us that are interlinked to each other. I mean, I sponsor Chad Weenan and, you know, I have nothing to do with the program, but I sponsor him from the tire bowl side. Exactly. You yep. know, Thomas exactly. Brown, the same thing. So if they were going to, you know, on the tire bowl side, if they were going to make a big drastic move like that, I wouldn't see it. But like when Thomas went from Maxis to CST, you know, another shameless plug that I keep getting you into. Hmm. Um, yep. you know, he called me because obviously I know a lot about the CST tire too, because they both those trucks hub out of, you know, our shop and yep. all that kind of stuff. So I had my hands on the tires before anyone did blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we went through a whole new tire ball setup to switch to that, to that tire. Even when you switched over to that tire, you and I did the same thing, yep. you know? So if Chad was going to make a move like that, that pertained to tires, like I would know way ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to a suspension guy, your graphic guy, your A-arm guy, mm -hmm. those guys, like any one of those guys, they knew, you know, quite a bit of time ago because we all had to prepare stuff for this new machine to try to get him on the bike as fast as possible to see if he even wanted to ride it for next year yes. and then start developing a program around him from there. Yeah, for sure. It was crazy to me how fast um, he was already on the Yamaha, but that's only going to benefit him for this, this off season. I mean, it's, you know, we're in October, the series just ended and he's already on a new machine, which is going to just benefit him down the road, man. By the, by the time, um, 
the season rolls around, he's not even going to remember what it's like to ride a Honda. So that's going to be, uh, it's going to be, you know, obviously a good thing for Joel. Um, and on previous episodes, you know, you had already spoke a lot about the, um, about the parts and everything, but I'm going to uh, ask one more question about that because on previous episodes, we spoke of the, the fact that Thomas and Chad's programs took a major step or leap forward when they switched to that PP performance tuning stuff. Um, I mean, what do we know? And I'm not, I guess I'm not asking specifically about that at all. I'm not asking you about one single part or manufacturer or anything like that, but what do we know about the program at this point? Um, like I said, you kind of answered some of this, but will most of the sponsors from the Honda days just transfer over or are there any expected wholesale changes um, across the board with any other stuff? Um, I don't think so. I think everything's going to transfer pretty much right over for the most part. Um, okay. You know, engine program, I don't know. Uh, okay. Suspension program, I mean, I obviously that it's got Elkas on it. It's got Walsh on it. You know, it's got SSI decals on it. Mm-hmm. Um, maps of tires were on it. So all those components that we know of are on there. Um, you know, engine-wise, engine, engine wise, I have no clue. I didn't even – there was no sticker or anything on the motor, so I couldn't see none of that when <laughs> when I seen the bike in person. So, and I'm not okay. going to – it's not my place to ask those questions. But No, and I'm going, not – I'm not trying to put you on the spot by any means. It was more, no, more, the, sure. less, more the less um, kind of going down that road of, hey, the program's staying pretty darn similar, just uh, we're changing manufacturers, basically. Yeah, and it's like questions that we've had in the past, you know, when, we, when this question kind of came up at the end of the last show, when we went through trying to kind of solidify how solid that program is and how it's not really needed to have a drastic change, even though now obviously we see there's a drastic change on the, on the horizon or right in front of us now, mm-hmm. but this program on a whole nother manufacturer is already done and built. You know, obviously there's some fine tuning and testing that's going to go on over the winter and Oops. those boys are going to be grinding to try to get every little thing they can figured out. But that's how solid that program is, is they went and did this, had a bike built by the end of the season for 2021 already so that's what solidifies kind of even to the comments that we had or we talked about on the last show it it's legit like it to pull this off in today's day and age with covid and everything that we're up against on just trying to get parts from the manufacturers or you know all of these aftermarket you know manufacturers and stuff that's how solid it is and i could probably put all that stuff to rest is just really to sit back and think about how they pulled that off in such a short period of time you're exactly right. I, I couldn't have said it any better. And that's a great way to kind of cap this thing because um, we, I kind of mentioned that earlier. I think that, I think that that's very telling about that program and it's telling in a positive way that uh, they looked at whatever they could do to better their program and they're on their way to doing that. And now they, they, when people would typically just be getting started, um, they already have a new bike for him to ride and start get, start testing on him. And uh, just that, that whole, whole thing, it's a surprise, but I like it. Seeing Joel on a Yamaha is weird, but I like it. So before I let you go, one final question, I'm going to put you on the spot and you're kind of uh, an insider. So maybe you're biased, but um, does this move help Joel in his program take a step forward for 2021? Um, or will there be some growing pains because we've 
we've seen that there's no room for error and there's no room for growing pains and that class may be even more competitive next year. Um, I think this is a step in the right direction. And I think it's mainly, I think Joel would have figured some stuff out this winter if he didn't change bike manufacturers either way. I think Joel's going to go home and put his nose down and really try to find even more speed, which is scary. Um, and just make sure that he's 110% going into next year. So changing this adds that drive even deeper for him. And as a well, well driven, you know, individual that Joel is like, it's going to be good. It's a very, very positive thing for Joel, for the team. I think even rejuvenating some of the guys on the team just to be even extra motivated going into 2021. Yeah, it's so cool to even hear from you. It's so cool to hear kind of all the stuff that went into it and, and uh, all the workings that have been going on already for so long when everybody else just heard about it. So, um, yeah, love to love to hear all that insight there. Casey, I can't thank you enough for coming on for another week here. Your insight um, is extremely appreciated and your shared knowledge makes you a valuable asset to us. So I just uh, can't thank you enough for joining me once again. And um, I was glad to give you an opportunity to to kind of clear the air on, you know, <laughs> like showcase, you could showcase, tell everybody that, hey, I knew what was going on, but I had to play dumb a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I appreciate you having me come back on and I appreciate the chance to kind of solidify some of the things that I already knew. You know, there's so much more to all this stuff than what can be public knowledge all the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe this will clear it up. I, I, I thought I kind of was pretty to the point with the whole comment. It's not going to be blue, <laughs> but I guess if you really never truly believed that there would be a switch, then you wouldn't have read what I said the way I thought I said it. But at the same time, I didn't want to get myself in trouble. Like obviously I have a lot to lose and I don't want to piss any of those guys off. Exactly. So it's, you have to play dumb with certain things. And I mean, we're here for entertainment purposes for, for everyone in the industry, you know, to hear us. And, you know, obviously we, we want to spit facts every chance we can, mm -hmm. but there is an industry code that you have to follow. So everyone in the real, you know, in the real world of, outside of our little bubble, just remember that, that we, we can't always just throw straight facts and blow people out early. Well, exactly. I mean, if, if, if you come on the show and, say a couple things, they could be minor things, but say a couple things that you can't let people know. Now that puts not only your job in jeopardy, but you're not ever going to get any of that info anymore. Um, that's why I like having you on because you are so knowledgeable. You're an insider with everybody, but you're going to tell us everything you can tell us uh, within reason with, without putting yourself in jeopardy. So if there's anything that can be said, you're going to say it. And, uh, and, and so at, the time that we recorded the last podcast, you said everything that you could possibly say and that it's not going to be blue. And now it was fun to have you back on and be able to uh, just kind of fill those blanks. And uh, like I said, tell us everything that, uh, that you possibly could. So I just, again, I appreciate your, uh, your, your knowledge and your time and everything so much. And uh, it's always a, a pleasure having you. Yeah. Thanks Cody again. And uh, I think there'll be plenty more of these shows in the future and, you know, I, I hope you keep having me back. I enjoy it. And I, I hope everyone out there listening enjoys it. And it's not getting sick of me.
<laughs> awesome, buddy. That's Casey Greek brought to you by Manscaped. Use code DIGGINGDEEP20 for 20% off at manscaped.com. See you soon, brother. Thanks again. Thanks, Cody. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. Before Digging Deep was even a reality, back when it was just an idea, CST Tires already believed in us, which is fitting because no one believes in their tires more than I do. Our title sponsor, CST Tires, and their Pulse MXR tires continue to hook every rider strong enough and willing to grab a handful of throttle after mounting them on their ride. Used by Thomas Brown to win races and clinch a third straight Quad Cross of Nations title, Nick Janusa when he grabbed his first career pro-class podium, and myself, Cody Jansen, as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to a 2019 national championship in the Junior 25 Plus class. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit csttires.com to join the CST Takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Anybody that I've gotten to try them, I've heard nothing but positive things back. We're proud to be Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Why choose Yamaha? Look no further than Chad Wienan's six championships in the past eight seasons aboard his Yamaha YFZ450R. Not to mention Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing and their support of this podcast proves it. For the 2020 ATV MX season, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program will offer payout and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more information, head to YamahaOutdoors.com and follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors today. All hail Blue Crew, the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time NHRA World Champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 chain. 
This patented X-ring chain boasts a steel alloy construction for reduced weight, increased strength, and a longer overall chain life, making it the optimal ATV racing chain. Pick up an ATV 2 chain today at your local dealer or wherever DID chains are sold. Don't forget about their motocross, off-road, and street bike chains as well. Wherever you go, go with DID. Hello listeners, this is Chad Wienan, six-time AMA ATV Pro National Champion, an owner of Wienan Motorsports and proud partner of Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast. The two of us share a strong passion for ATVMX. Owning my own team gives us the ability to handpick the best products on the market for our racing program. With consistent testing, research, and development, we are confident that when choosing the products we believe in, our customers will be satisfied in building their own race program as well. We race what we sell. With brands like Fox Shocks, Walsh Racecraft, SSI Decals, Wrath Racing, and Henson Racing, just to mention a few, go to check out WeenanMotorsports.com to see the full lineup. Enter discount promo code DIGDEEP at checkout. Enough talking already. Get out and get some fresh air and go ride. Hope to see you at the track soon. We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2020 is no different, with an impressive lineup including AMA ATV Pro Class Champion Joel Hedrick and Phoenix Racing Honda Team, Cody Jansen and his 2019 Junior 25 Plus National Championship, Baldwin Motorsports, Nick Genuza, Wesley Wolf, and much more in the ATV motocross. In GNCC Racing, DP has 16 of the top 17 pros heading into 2020. This includes the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Chris Borich, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and more. These riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com. Purchase at your local dealer or message us for the contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Brakes. 4Works Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, 4Works has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust 4Works for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. 4Works Carbon always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. 
Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider-owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Grip's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, the family affair is constantly working on the next more innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement, because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com, that's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com, and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? Americans have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a licensed doctor in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. We are also proud of our partnership with Factory 43. Factory 43 was born in 2007, making Nerf bars for the Suzuki LTR, Honda TRX450R, and Yamaha's YFZ450. The brand soon added bumpers and grab bars, and for years now has offered parts for all sport quads. The racer-owned company strives to offer a quality product that installs easy, looks good, and holds up over time. For 2020, Factory 43 is the aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing Honda team, providing riders like Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Chris Borich, and Grayson Eller with the motocross and cross-country versions of their Evo Nerf Bar and MX-style front bumpers. Head over to Factory43ATV.com to see their full line of products. Thanks to Factory 43. 
We are excited to dig deep with the support of Bikes, Trikes, and Quads, LLC. Celebrating their 10-year anniversary this May, the company was started by former racers selling three-wheeler parts out of a barn in upstate New York. Through hard work, accompanied by offering great service to their customers, BTQ LLC now has over 40,000 new and used parts in stock. But they haven't forgotten their roots, still offering used OEM parts for three-wheelers, dirt bikes, ATVs, and side-by-sides. Parts are in stock and ready to ship with delivery within three days, including free shipping on orders over $50. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for $10 off orders of $50 or more. We're grateful to have Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Support our industry's grassroots businesses. Thank you, BTQ LLC. The Decker Training Facility at County Line MX is now open. This premier motocross training compound is located in beautiful Fountain, Florida, about a 40-minute drive from Panama City Beach. Their rapidly growing facility consists of a pro-level national track, amateur and youth tracks, woods loop, and mountain bike trails. Everything you need to train comfortably all winter long is available on site, including private cabins, a full gym, RV hookups, bathhouses, garage, dump station, wash bays, and more. With accommodations for riders across the country and around the world, the Decker Training Facility will help you become the best rider you can be. Sign up for a group training session or a private lesson with nationally ranked pros. Train tougher, smarter, and harder this off-season at one of Florida's most luxurious facilities. For more information, go to DeckerTrainingFacility.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Decker Training Facility, your elite training experience. We are proud to be partnered with Avocado Green Mattresses. We all know that sleep and rest are an important part of any athlete's routine. Avocado's line of natural mattresses and pillows provide exactly the support you need to ensure you perform at your best while doing the best for the planet. The Avocado Mattress offers zoned back support with an internal support unit, meaning whether you are recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you will be experiencing next level comfort. You can rest in peace knowing the components in your mattress and pillow are non-toxic, natural, and sustainably sourced. And getting your avocado green mattress could not be any easier. They offer a 100-night sleep trial, free shipping and return pickups, and a 25-year warranty. And if that wasn't enough, rest assured knowing they have 5-star ratings by verified customers including some of the Digging Deep staff. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. All right, guys, without further ado, it's our pleasure to be joined by this next guest, brought to you by PP Performance Tuning, providing enhanced performance products like complete fuel injection systems, built-from-scratch wiring harnesses, ECU programming for the Yamaha YFC450R, and so graciously covering the cost of 10, count them 10, Digging Deep hoodies to be given away on this episode and the next, back again, but we can no longer call him six time. It's your 2020 AMA ATV Pro Class National Champion, seven time, Mr. Chad Weenan. What's up, Chad? Thanks for getting back here with us. Yeah, man, Cody, thanks a lot. And man, just uh, a wild year, you know, just kind of talking with you, like it, it, it felt like every day felt like so long, but and and on all, it just flew by so fast. And we're gonna 
see if we can dig into it a little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so much about this season that'll never be forgotten. Um, especially, we were just talking about it. We, you and I, you win Daytona. You and I sit down to talk about it um, for the podcast. And next thing you know, I mean, we're those are the beginning days of COVID. Um, I'm, you know, kind of filling you in on the stuff that's going around the, the world and, and them, you know, canceling the basketball tournament and supercross stuff and whatever, whatever we were going over at the time, but it was the beginning days of COVID. Um, that feels like a lifetime ago. So um, I can't imagine, you know, what it feels like to you. You had to stay ready for all, you know, the two month hiatus basically between Daytona and the next race at Georgia. So um, just made for such a long season, but um, you know, I would assume after all the hurdles, after everything that the world in general threw at us, at you guys this year, um, probably makes it even a little bit more special. It's definitely, definitely not one you're going to forget, huh? Yeah. I mean, definitely just a year that, you know, unpredictability of what was going to happen. And uh, we just got told when to, when our our races were going to be. And that's, no matter how much notice we had, we had to be ready. And, uh, you know, I, I just knew coming into this year that I was very hungry and wanting to try and get this championship back to the Yamaha and man, just, uh, a wild year and just exciting, like a roller coaster of unknowingness really. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was, uh, it was crazy. Um, but I mean, you end this thing, seven freaking championships, seven titles in nine years, um, can you believe it, man? Like wh- what is it, what goes through your mind when, when you hear those words? It, it, I just, um, every year when, or every time you do this, it just seems like it's that much more incredible seven. I mean, I, it just, I said it on the last episode, um, or, or one of the last ones about you getting close to Gary's, you know, at Gary's record. And maybe we can comment on this later in the show, but there was people that would have never thought anybody could ever get close. And now, you know, seven titles later, later, seven and nine years. I mean, I mean, um, what a run it's been. It's, it's truly incredible. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's honestly, I couldn't have, uh, imagined to be like down this road, of, you know, when I was a, you know, a teenager, you know, just out trail riding in the, the pasture and just having fun and, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking back to then and what, where we're at now, it's, it's truly incredible. And I just really, I don't know what it is. It's just like, I'm still hungry every time after one of these things, I just, I feel like there's no like quite satisfaction. I still feel like I have more to to get and to more to battle for and you know, I'm having fun. I'm in my mid thirties and I know it's not going to last forever. So I'm just, you know, riding my wave and see where this thing ends up. And, you know, this year, uh, probably ending the season of 2019, like, honestly, it was probably one of my tougher years. Cause like, have it like I've won so many championships just off of consistency and mm-hmm. we had a, we had a breakdown that you know costed us a championship but you know everything I'm a true believer of everything happens for a reason and the the tolls that you paid along the way and you know I'm just I'm just riding this this thing out and having having a blast doing it and you know being able to spend this with my family and I get to spend a lot of time at home even though I am hard at the grinding stone but I'm still very 
very present here with the family. And, you know, that's something that I just really enjoy. It's awesome. I think that um, all of us love the sport so much and that's why you start it. You know, that's how you get into it. So for you to be as successful as you are, been doing it for as long as you have, you know, 15 plus years in the pro class um, and still loving it that much to the point that you just, you know, don't want to go away. Just, you know, you keep motivated, keep doing more and more, you know, finding a next goal, you know, the next challenge um, and enjoying Mm -hmm. the ride. I think that that's the coolest part. So let's talk about the, this season a little bit um, specifically. And a lot of the stuff you got into, I have a little bit more specific questions as we go here. Um, But you truly had, you know, such an amazing run. You put together another great season. Um, the last time we talked to you, you were coming off your three consecutive overall victories in the middle of the season, those being Sunset Ridge, Pleasure Valley, and Redbud. Um, and you finished second at Virginia. And I remember that very vividly because you told me that you felt really good about how close you were on that hard pack style of racetrack. So then we go to, we go to Texas, and that's where you um, really put a stranglehold on this seventh title. Um, so I'd love to to hear about that weekend uh, a little um, more in depth because your first moto win on Saturday put Joel in a must win uh, mode basically for the final four motos and then you went sicko mode on Sunday in that third moto of the weekend and basically ended those hopes so um, tell me uh, I guess how pivotal that Texas race was because that's where you seem to really stamp it. Yeah, definitely. Um, can we back it up? Just a yeah, go bit? ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go I ahead. Got, Absolutely. I got. Yeah. I have like a really good moment that happened um, at Pleasure Valley. Okay. After that first moto, uh, Joel having that issue on the on track, and I rode. I rode to that that win, and um, mm-hmm. coming off the second moto, I didn't. I didn't necessarily get the whole shot, but I came around the second turnout in the lead, and. The track was a little bit like you had to ride that fine line and I was riding, I was riding really well. Joel was right there on me and like, I just kind of let Joel have it. And that like, I, I went into that moto having a 10 point lead and I was like, all right, like after that race, I'm like, all right, Chad, no matter what happens, if you get out in the lead, you cannot surrender the lead anymore this year. And just because I, I was down to a seven point lead then. Right. I mean, yes. that, that's, that's, you can, you can lose that and you get a big chunk of that in a weekend. Yep. And from there on, I kind of just set myself like you're going to pick your motos, but you're, if, if you're there and you have the pace, you got to go for it. Mm-hmm. And we left pleasure, uh, left pleasure Valley and then we go on to red bud and red bud. I was kind of, licking my chops because I knew what we had. We had a great setup in the rough and yep. that's what we did. And we got it done there. We go on to um, Virginia. We had a great run there. First moto got a little, little um, extended. So I kind of just rode that, that first moto pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Second moto, we put a charge on and I tried everything I could to tra- track down Joel. And we had some good spurts of Get, getting the get app down and there was one turn on that track that I just couldn't figure out was the, the turn like you kind of go back where it uh it kind of had that off camber along the lake oh yeah remember yep. that one I do and yep. on Saturday that thing was eating me alive like I could not get through it mm-hmm. clean and I would try to square it up and miss the rut and 
I just couldn't get through that. And I watched Joel go through it several times. I'm like, man, like I cannot match that. And not necessarily saying that was that one turn, but that one turn was a very tough part of the track for me. Now that you you bring that up, the eye test, that was the one spot. And then on the other side of the racetrack, you'd make up some time. And, yep. uh, and yeah, I mean, you, but you told me after the race, I referenced it there when I was kind of leading into this, you told me that uh, you felt good because you put on a really, really good ride on a track that typically you associate with being a Joel Hetrick style racetrack. Yep. And, um, and then, yeah, now we're, now we're leading into Texas where I was asking you about that question. Cause that was the, that was the weekend where, um, man, you impressed me probably more than any other ride all year was what you did in Texas. Yeah. And, you know, I think this year was like adapting to track conditions that I wasn't necessarily the best at. Okay. And that we got better at that. And I, I strongly believe that Joel did the same, uh, the same thing, but the other way he got better at the rough tracks, mm -hmm. but I feel like the package that we had suspension, uh, engine, everything like that. I, I strongly believe like we had the better, we had the better hand, upper hand in that this year for sure okay and yep. like going into texas i mean we haven't been there i've never i've been there before and it's been like over 10 years ago well over 10 years ago okay and um going there and not really knowing how the tracks is set up but leaving like walking the track on friday after practice it actually looked like my style of track and i was like all right here we go like my goal to go down there was to get two out of three and the let's say first moto i made a quick move right away and took a good chance of hitting that outside and i swung right around everybody and like from there you know i just mentally put it in my head like all right remember this back in you know pennsylvania you get in the lead you cannot surrender it you gotta put everything you got into it and like that whole race I was struggling with my legs my legs just felt fatigued the whole like the whole day okay and like I was sitting down more than I normally do and I just couldn't didn't have the strength and I really didn't know why like one thing that I can put maybe at it was like the drive down there and like being seated for so long but I know like I I mean it was a little bit longer than no other races you know it wasn't like terribly longer Sure. Yep. But, you know, just coming in, coming there and then having that first moto and like trying to recover that second moto, I was like, man, like I got, I went out there and like that, those first couple laps, you probably noticed like I wasn't quite myself. Like I was, I, like I got passed by Bryce and then I slowly started to get going again. Mm -hmm. But like once I got in the second, like I couldn't break away from Thomas. Like I just didn't have that extra little bit to get going. And, like once I cleared him, yeah, I started to gap Thomas, but man, Joel, like he just managed to race out front and yep. I had no answer. So we okay. went into full, full on recovery mode. Like, well, I was going to say, I was going to say just to mention it is because typically um, you would have split the day there and then, you know, you would have moved on till the next weekend. And this is the, after you're dealing with fatigue and you're feeling fatigue all day, um, this is the one weekend where you got to go race a pro meaningful moto on Sunday. So pick up yeah. where you left off there. Yeah. And like, we went like full on, like it wasn't hot there or anything really. And mm -hmm. like, I took like, 
several ice baths, just trying to recover my legs and uh, had my doc Trent uh, there helping me, you know, helping, you know, with recovery and stretching and, yep. you know, just everything that we could possibly do to try and help my, get my legs back and uh, woke up Sunday. I was, I was back to hundred percent, like ready to go. And then we get out there on track and I knew it was going to be a tough day because of the track conditions were going to be pretty smooth and they're not going to play into my favor so much. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yep. And like, I was like, all right, you just got to go out there and put in 14 of the hardest laps you got and, you know, let it rip. And we went out there and uh, like Joel, Joel got the good start behind Bryce and I was behind Mistrelli for, the first half of the lap and like the biggest thing I honestly think that Bryce like a lot of people were thinking that he was going to be like a hinder but he actually helped me I believe to help Joel not get into his rapid pace right away sure and kind of calm him for the first lap and but he cleared cleared Bryce and then I cleared Bryce like it wasn't right away but it wasn't like that far of the track ahead Mm -hmm. where he did but like Joel already had like it seemed like a two second gap right away. And I just put on the hardest sprint that I could for four, four laps. And I passed them that very next lap that I got around Bryce. And I tried to put the hammer down and get that gap on Joel right away, which I was able to bridge that and get, get to like a nice little gap. And then from there, it was kind of like a hammer fest of just hitting marks and, knowing when to switch lines and it was quite tactical. And I think that's one thing that I really picked up on this year was being, being mentally ready to switch my line when it started to go away. Cause sometimes I'll be like, this line's been working, just keep with it and it's gone. And I keep with it. And it like Joel is able to, or somebody else behind me is able to move around and try different things and find things. Sure. So just, yeah, just being mentally strong and going with, going with the feel and, you know, like ending that, ending that Sunday was like, it felt like, yeah, it was a long shot, but I felt like we put a big dent in the championship this year with that ride. And Mm -hmm. that's what it felt like coming off the track, like my team and everybody, like the excitement and it felt more exciting than winning the championship, honestly, because it was just that pitiful, pivotal moment right there. Exactly. I mean, that's the, that was the motto. I mean, the first one on Saturday was obviously huge because you needed it. You needed to win a couple of them. Um, but that one to, to make the pass and then just the way you won it on Sunday, um, that's gonna, that'll stick with me for forever because it was just like, you grabbed it and said, this one is mine. You know, you were, you were just, you were on point. And I found myself literally in awe as I'm watching it go down and I'm watching you guys and the pace you guys are going at. Um, I just, I I sit there and think to myself, you're not losing. You're not like your 13th, 12th, 13th, 14th lap looked as good as your fourth lap. And I'm thinking to myself, how does he do this? You know, he's like the, he's like the ATV, you know, MX version of Tom Brady. It was just, I've never seen, like, I don't know that I've ever watched you, Chad, and, and literally was like thinking about it like that. And I'm found myself like, how the hell does this guy do this? You know, mm-hmm. it, it was just, uh, it was incredible. Um, 
like you said, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that you came away from that moto feeling like, you know, like, like the, the, the highest high you had this season, because that was the one where you, where you took that, you know, that the, the stranglehold or however you want to say it on, on that uh, seventh title. It was, uh, it was, it was amazing. And that's why I wanted to hear about that race because um, I couldn't imagine the, the emotions that came along with that. Oh, definitely. And man, it was just like a moment that I hope I never forget because that was like probably one of the best rides that I put in all year, kind of like being put on the the spot of like, here you go, you can make it happen or you can take it down to the last race and possibly jeopardize of what, what you've done all season. And mm-hmm. like on that podium, like after the race, you know, saying good job Joel you could see the defeat in him and Mm -hmm. like I think he was just very surprised in himself you know for that like like he's seen a ghost Mm -hmm. and like I feed off of that and I feed off of you know like uh, for instance uh, Tyler Hamrick saying that you know on the show saying that he's that Joel's gonna go undefeated like I feed off of that stuff like yeah. I quietly, I quietly, I quietly read it and I put it down in the vault and I use that for fire. And I'm just like, I, I, I live for stuff like that. You know, like I love yeah. being the underdog at times. And because you, you start hearing um, all this good stuff that people say to you, you get into a point where you just get satisfied. And that's exactly what I don't want to be doing. I want to be like hungry and keep pushing and, that that's that kind of stuff feeds me to the next level and you know just i don't know this year we turned back the clocks and you know had had one of those runs that you can't really describe of how things happen but you know the work that you put in to try and get there Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing, man. I, uh, it's turning back the clock. It's the same thing. We had Ian on here and we were talking about it too. It's like, uh, they say father time's undefeated, but you're, uh, you're, you're giving them a good run. So, um, mm-hmm. kind of on that, um, whole topic, well, let's, um, let's get into South of the border then. Um, because I, I have some things that are kind of gonna, uh, some questions that'll be, uh, same train of thought there. So, um, mm-hmm. be- before we get to South of the border, um, so in the two weeks from Texas to the south of the border finale, take me through your train of thought there, because is it business as usual or is it, I need to, um, stay healthy. I don't need to do a ton of riding because just like you talked about after, um, Texas, you know, you basically had, you know, you didn't have to win anymore. Like the pressure was a little bit off. You just needed to do a, you know, have a solid day and you'd be fine. So, um, how did you prepare going into south of the border, uh, mentally, where was your mind at? Um, I mean, yes, I wanted to keep it business as usual, but like we went to Florida and I took, you know, going back down to Florida and it's, it's summertime there. So it's, it was actually, uh, very wet and it rained a lot. So I only got two days of riding in in between those races, which typically I'm looking at at least six days on the machine. And, but I, my two days that I put in were really good days where I just went out and rode, didn't try to do like a, a moto. I just rode and I had fun and I just hit my marks and just just had a good time and uh 
like my second day I went out to West Lewis's track and we were, we, he hasn't touched his track since kind of, we left in, you know, let's say like, uh, May. Okay. And, um, the track was gnarly rough, like kind of overgrown in some spots. And, uh, I actually had one really close call that was like, almost like game over, go with the bars. Oh shit. And, but I kept riding through it. I, that was like, I actually put in two motos that day, but it was, the track was very technical. So you just hit your marks and I rode through it and I'm like, all right, that, there's your, you know, there's your wake up call, be alert, be, be here, be present. And, you know, I just kind of rode, rode through that. And once I was done that day, I just stayed, uh, stayed healthy off the bike training. And I really like, we got a bunch of like, it was kind of like a one to clear your head and try not to think about too much of the future and just stay present and, you know, just have a good time. And we, the family, we, we spent a lot of time at the beach and got to enjoy that. And, you know, just, I just stayed, stayed off the machine really. Okay. That's about what I expected. So one other question heading into the finale, did you happen to pull out the lucky socks? Uh, referencing, <laughs> referencing the story you told us on our first episode. Um, I found myself wondering about the lucky socks heading into championship yeah. weekend. Did you have to pull them out? Um, nope. We left them at home and okay. you know, I feel, I feel like they're, I guess they're lucky when, you know, actually like last year I wore them, I wore them at the last round. Did you? Okay. I, I wonder. Yep, I wore them at the last round and you know, yeah, we got the win, but I mean, I just feel like it's, it's one of those things where there, it's, it's, it works when it's, it's, it's time to work. Yep. And <laughs> I felt like we had this one on, on our own shoulders and bring her home. So now we kept the stocks at home <laughs> and just kind of kept, kept on. Okay. Okay. I figured, uh, figured that was probably the case. Cause you, uh, you had the, you had the thing kind of, uh, like I said, you had a stranglehold on it, but I had to ask. So, um, yeah. we talked uh, transitioning now to the finale at South of the border. Um, we spoke about this on the review pod and I'll admit, uh, I expected, uh, basically a two, two qualifying two, two moto type day from you because you didn't have to win, but that's mm. not, that's not how you attack the day at all. You come out and take the top spot and both qualifiers and then in moto one and Casey was on here saying you blew his mind because you passed Joel mm -hmm. early in the, in the first moto there. Um, was it the, the competitor in you? Could you not help it? Did you have some reservations about doing something like that, making that kind of move? Because if he decides to, you know, to, to make a move on you to try to, you know, take you out, whatever, um, just uh, as a, as a, as what he needed to do, you know, um, mm -hmm. simply in, 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 in that way. Um, that's the only way that this thing could get jeopardized. So take me through that decision uh, as you, you scoot by him there um, um, early in Moto One. Yeah, I mean, really going into the race weekend, I was like, Chad, this, the way that you've been attacking the year, it's gotten you this far, let's keep doing it. And, you know, that's hard to, to do because I've been programmed to ride these championships home and take, take the, you know, the low road if you have to, to bring it home. And um, I just wanted to put like an extra little, little statement on the year that, you know, cause I feel like, 
there, there will be people that will say that I won this championship because Joel broke down and I wanted to make it clear that we went out and we won it. And that's, that's that. And yes, Joel did have that mechanical, but I feel like after leaving Pennsylvania, we were seven point, we were seven points up. Mm -hmm. You tell me that whoever the best man is like, they're going to either crunch that gap and get ahead or they're going to extend it. And we ended up extending it. So, you know, that's, that's the way that I just wanted to mark that day down and um, just, just enjoy the day and having that top qualifier. Like, honestly, I just felt like I was hitting my marks in the morning. Like I usually don't put like too much of a risk to go and go and get that top qualifier. But I did know that I liked one gate there that I started in both motos. Okay. And I really wanted that gate and yeah, that was a little extra incentive, but it didn't really push me to try and go get that top qualifying spot. But I just felt like I could ride that pace comfortably. And then going into the moto, uh, I came out one, two behind Joel. And, you know, I, I felt like we, I felt like we had a great pace. And uh, that was the one thing, like if I was going to pass him, I had to get away from him. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what, I found I found an opening uh, before the first lap was over, and I just put in a good charge to try and get a little bit of a gap going right away. And there was there was a couple moments, not moments, but spots where, like Joel did, we did a little bit of slinky and stuff like that. But uh, as the race went on, like honestly, I didn't even know Thomas was behind me until about three laps to go or so, or four laps to go. Okay. And I took a I took a look back because I didn't look back all race, and like I seen on the pit board something with eighty four, but it was kind of a weird turn. Like you you turned right there and then you kind of jogged left and then you came back to the right. So like it was kind of like a weird spot for me to look. Okay. So like I didn't spot my spot uh, my mechanic every single time. Sure. Yep. And so I was kind of like, all right, well, like just keep riding, do your thing. And I was riding that pace comfortably. You know, I didn't feel like I was pushing like crazy hard, but ended up towards the end of the race, you know, as laps went on, like gaps started to get bigger and bigger. And, you know, I was like, all right, like just, just ride this thing cool. And then I saw 88 pass 84 uh, charging. And I was like, okay. Like, so I put in a little bit of a, not, not too hard of a pace. And then I started spotting Joel and, uh, I knew I had a pretty good little gap there, so I brought that thing home. But it felt good to to go into that first moto, and I didn't have to do it, but I felt like everything just felt right. Like I just like it's kind of like a feeling that you know I don't know. Everything just kind of slowed down this year, and like I was seeing things in slow motion that maybe I wouldn't see them as slow before, and this year really clicked like that. Yeah, that's so cool to hear your insight there. Um, because me from an outsider's perspective, I saw it as you putting the exclamation point on it too. Um, you were the fastest guy in qualifying, but you didn't have to be. You came out and you won that moto, but you didn't have to. And yeah, I mean, we see, I don't, maybe you don't, there's comments out there that I've seen about people saying that that one DNF um, changed the landscape of the 
you know, who was going to win this thing. And in my mind, seeing you do that at the finale, it was like, boom, that is nobody can say anything anymore. Nobody that knows what they're talking about can say anything anymore. Cause he didn't even have to do it and he did it. So, um, I just thought it was a great way to end it. And like I said, put an exclamation point on such a strong season for you. And it's not necessarily that common. Like you said, I mean, um, there's a lot of, a lot of times in other sports too, you don't, if you don't have to power all the way through the finish line, you don't necessarily do that. It's not what I was expecting, um, but it was awesome. So I really wanted to hear about that first moto there. And then in moto two, you come out and, and ride that thing home to second, you clinch number seven. Um, so take me through that feeling in that moment, because um, we got an array of questions, you know, like how does this one compare to the others? Um, what one was the most special, all that kind of stuff. But I've, you've told me before that they're all special in their own way, especially the way that you had to, um, you know, all the stuff that went into and hindered 2020, the way that you came back from losing that title last year to win this one, the better version you became of yourself, all those things. Um, so just describe that feeling to me, that feeling of victory in achieving the ultimate goal for the seventh time yeah I mean that second moto like I, I saw I put my blinders on for about three quarters of the race and I was charging after Joel to try and get that top spot and okay like uh, Joel was riding amazing that second moto he was he was in, in freak mode you know like he does like if he's that's that's the only option he has to go out to win that's what he's gonna do and uh, that's what he did. And I was not necessarily trying everything that I could, but I was doing everything that I could within my limits of feeling comfortable on that track and pu pushing to where I felt okay with it. Mm -hmm. And like, we got down to about, I don't know, three quarters of the race. And I was like, all right, Chad, like, that's enough. Just ride it home. Clinch this thing. And like, I got off the track and I was like, I was like, wow, like we did it. This is number seven. But ultimately, like I told, I told, <laughs> I told, I told uh, like my guys and I'm like, man, like I really wanted to win that one because I know how good it feels to win the event and, you know, also win the championship because, you know, your, your short-term memory, you know, it's uh, it kind of clicks in, but mm -hmm. like that whole, that whole night, like, yeah, I was pumped. Like it didn't really settle in and, Later on that night, laying in bed, I was like, wow, like, Chad, like, we won this thing. You you were the fastest guy. And I can't say that in every single one of my championships. Okay. And I was like, Chad, this year, you turned it up and you earned this thing, you know, and everybody behind you pushing you and getting you to where you needed to go. And I was like, like yes, that's, that's something to leave. I'm going to leave my hat on that. And like, I woke up the next morning and I was like, I think that was a, not the first championship that really settled in that fast, but it was by far the fastest that has settled in that fast. And okay. it felt, it felt very good mm -hmm. to, to be in that, be in that spot just because, you know, I've had some that never settle in and, you know, like we went on a run of championships there that man, it's just like, it felt like, it felt like it was, that's what we had to do. And that's what we did. That's what we did. But 
you weren't always the fastest guy, but you were the most like precise and there mm -hmm. every weekend and consistent. And this one felt really special to have like the speed and the consistency and the whole, the whole package, you know, was there this, this year. Yeah. And I think that um, thinking about the, the journey, right. And the stuff that you had to overcome this season and, and all those things, I mean, anything in life, but that's how, that's what makes them feel so special. That's what makes them appreciate them so much more. And I think the tougher they are too, makes you appreciate them that much more. Right. So, I mean, you had to, you had to work your tail off for this one. And, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I, I'm sure like all of a sudden it hits you. So let me ask you this question. I've been on these things, on these episodes, saying that 2020 Chad Weenan was the best version of Chad Weenan that we ever saw. Is it true? Yeah, like, I think just putting my speed and uh, I, I feel like I'm still always, I'm always still learning and getting better. And like, mm -hmm. I, I can agree with that statement because I, there's not been many championships where I had to answer the bell to be the fastest guy in when the cards were down mm -hmm. yep you know like sometimes like i think when the cards are down and joel gets on his runs he's the fastest guy okay but i think i think a lot of people even even myself like i'm like man like we get down to the nitty-gritty of this championship like joel knows, knows how to turn it up and let it hang out and i feel like i responded to that bell just to be there and pick my times when to go and pick my times when to to cool it and ride this thing home mm -hmm. but i was more in attack mode this second half of the year than i've ever been i think i think and yeah like that's the lasting impression in my mind too so um glad to get that question in so you're one away from Gary Denton's record. And I have to ask that question solely based on the fact that he had eight. Now you have seven. Is that on your radar at all at this point? Like, honestly, no, like, um, like coming into this, like it's never been the goal to try and achieve like Gary Denton in the well, eight well, championships. Right. And, well, well until but, this point, right. Like it's uh, almost yeah. like so far away. Um, so that's why now that you're getting so close and I expected the no answer, but being that, you know, think about a decade ago and nobody was anywhere near it. And now the fact that you're, you're knocking on the door, I had to at least mention it. Yeah. Like, honestly, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just enjoying what I get to do every day and, and do this with the family and, um, you know, Gary's record. I still think that eight in a row is, I think that's, even if I did achieve to the, to the eight, the eight in a row is like, that's, that's amazing in itself. And mm -hmm. I just feel like in an era that, you know, he went through, like, I know the riders that y'all race and like, you know, Timmy Farr knocking him off. And I was like, wow, like, you know, Timmy, I looked up to him so much and Gary was before my time, but man, like, I just think it's a, it's an awesome thing to be in that, in that talking of, you know, to get to eight, but, you know, I feel like if, if I get there, cool, but if not, like, I'm not going to put a damper on anything of what we've been able to accomplish and the competition is getting closer and closer. We're having riders that, you know, like this year, like, I feel like Thomas had the, 
like probably the best year that he's ever had, not necessarily on paper, but in performance and his riding and like, it's tough to see him go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these guys are getting close and it's like these next couple of years is going to be, it's going to be great because we're going to have a crop of riders that can win these things. For sure. Um, yeah. And that kind of transitions me into, we might have to kind of rapid fire these things because we don't have you for much longer. Um, but we got, we got a, a bunch of questions um, from fans for you for this segment here. And uh, I tried to pick out a few and uh, yeah, we might have to rapid fire them, but you're kind of leading me in here. So um, we got a question that kind of intrigued me from Dan on Facebook. And uh, his question was regarding what keeps you motivated after being dominant for so long and asked if it was a challenge to stay hungry the way you do you kind of touched on this earlier but I'll let you answer this here I mean definitely like I kind of touched on it before but man just uh, not having that satisfaction like after you win one of these things I think that's what kind of separates you know a true love of the sport to just being a competitor and just having that that I don't know what it is like a mental clock or if it's that fire in you that keeps you going. But I do know after I lose one of these things, I come out firing the next year, <laughs> like ready, ready to go. And like, I mean, you said, like I'm, I watch Moneyball and I'm a firm believer of, you know, what Brad Pitt said there. I hate losing more than I love winning. And uh-huh. I know you, you've uh, quoted that before. And yep. like, it, it actually fits me very well. Like I'm, very driven and I'm able to focus on the task at hand. And I don't know, I just keep loving and coming back to these things and try and try and go get them. You, and you hear other athletes too, uh, reference, like they make, they find reasons to be motivated. Uh, so you hear about it, like they say it with Jeremy Martin all the time and dirt bike racing, um, and stuff like that. So I feel like you're kind of cut from that same cloth. And Dan actually went on to ask, um, to question if it's like the younger guys coming in possibly because you were, you were young once and you mm-hmm. started, you started beating the old, older generation riders, the Doug Gus and, you know, whoever yep. you want to name Joe bird, John and Telly, whatever. Um, so do, does warding off the young group of guys, um, you know, motivate you at all? Because that's kind of where I was, you led me there when you started talking about all the young talent coming in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very cool to see cause like they come from a totally different era and I know like the era that I come from is, you know, not necessarily old school, but we're like, you don't mind to suffer, I believe. And like, I think that's the hardest thing that these like younger generation, like they got to, it's almost like you got to be just like stone cold strong and not be able to get, not be afraid to get knocked down. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when the suffering comes, just try to be able to block it out and try to enjoy the suffering, you know, as as much as hard as that is to say, but it's kind of like enjoy the path, the suffering, enjoy every moment of it that, you know, it's just because it's it's such a, a drag, uh, not necessarily a drag, but a, a grind of a season. And one one moment, just one little change in the machine, you can click and you can go from there and just carry momentum. Well, and I feel like um, there's that there's that Vince Lombardi quote about you know the best feeling being 
you know, exhausted on the field of battle, victorious. And that always Mm -hmm. kind of, that always kind of uh, resonated with me because just like you talked about this season, working so hard to earn it, that's what makes it feel so special. Um, So I just feel like in general, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, what you're, what you're talking about there, but you know, Mm -hmm you kind of started to talk about it too. And the state of ATV racing is so strong right now with some of these young pros coming up, um, the new kids coming in, like your rider, Max Lindquist. Um, you, you know, I think that has to be a major positive for all involved, you included, because the stronger the sport is, the better for everybody. Yeah, definitely. And like, it's so important for like, not necessarily rookies, but like, let's say, like your Alan Myers, your Troy Hills, your Janusas, you know, these guys got to start getting tastes of like some podiums, maybe some wins, because that will drive them to keep pushing harder and not being like, oh, I don't think I can, I don't know if I can quite make it to that step. Like they got to find it within themselves to get to that step. And that will ultimately like propel our sport even farther forward because like it's very tough you know, with Joel and I taking the only wins in a year that just two riders, you know, splitting the season. And we got to, we got to, I chat, we challenge, you know, riders to put in the off season, put in the work, put in the testing. And, and, you know, hopefully we'll see you guys up on the podium this year. It's, I actually would love to see it. And even if it did kick me off the podium, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what it is. If they're better that day, that's what it is. And, you know, I just look forward to challenges. Like yeah. That. Yeah. There's that, that class is strong and there's guys coming for sure. So, um, yeah. sport of ATV racing in general is, uh, is doing so well right now and it's great yeah. to see it. So, um, we've got a few more, we'll get you out of here real shortly. Um, so we got a question about you transforming your riding style over the years, but I've asked you about that on previous shows. So I'm going to put a little twist on it myself. Um, we've talked all season long about you, um, the way you improved yourself this season, both rider and machine. So I wonder when you're making tweaks to that YFZ of yours to get more power, cause you clearly had more power this year, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Does that worry you at all? Because you've been so consistent for so long that, you know, you're kind of, you don't want to get into that red area. Um, you don't want to jeopardize anything or do you guys, have you done so much R and D and testing at that point that that's not even a worry? Um, well, not to mention, like, if we do find like the power, we, we put a ton of time on the machine just to make sure that it is going to be torture tested and trusted on the racetrack. But okay. Yeah. I mean, there still can be things that do come up, but man, like, um, between like Malaska this year and then also uh, Jamie there at PEP, like we really put together a combination that really worked well for me. And yes, we can find like, you know, peak power, but it's got to be rideability power that works best for me. And uh, we found some of that this year. And, you know, between the setup with the Walsh components and box shocks, like we actually left, I left uh, Muddy Creek, Tennessee feeling defeated but I felt actually excited because we actually found a really good setup that second moto and like just that I was even though we weren't there for the win but we found something there and we were able to keep carrying that on the rest of the season that 
because, yeah, I mean, I would say like this first couple rounds, like the first round I rode good, but that's a different track down there. But the second round, like Joel beat me straight up. Third round, Joel beat me straight up. And I was like, okay, like we started changing things and we found something there. So it's, I mean, those one little tweaks that can just change a season really quickly. And I feel like I'm to the point where I'm not, I'm not necessarily getting like, let's say if I'm getting stronger, more fit, but I'm, I can only ride this machine as fast as it'll let me. So if I don't give the effort to try and make it more suited for me, then I'm kind of spinning my wheels. I'm not getting better. So we're, we're continuing to, to progress our program. And, uh, you know, this year we, we found something special there. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, your, your program is so top notch. It's, uh, that's why it always intrigues me so much, everything about it. So two more questions. Um, we got Jeremy, the owner actually of Briarcliff. He asked um, where you see yourself in your forties and what other ambitions you have beyond pro class racing. Oh, in my 40s. So, I mean, I kind of just, I, I get asked this a lot, like when's, when's the day when, when, when you're going to hang up the boots in professional racing. But like, I, I keep saying, I don't, I don't see myself going to 40, but like, I don't know when that time's going to be and when, when, how, how do it tell me? But in my 40s, like what I would like to do ultimately is like, I feel like I bring so much to the table between the training and the race team and everything like that. I'd like to get with a rider that I truly believe in, like a Max Lindquist. Like for instance, right now, like that kid just amazes me, you know, his drive and just reminds me a lot of myself and be like the, the team manager or crew chief or and in all parts of his all parts of his racing between the training. Like I I I, I really enjoy that part of the racing, the grind, the the stuff that people don't see mm-hmm. and behind the scenes like that just drives me right there. Like that, that's the stuff, but I love to put the work in for that. All of it. Right. I mean, whether yeah. it be in the shop, in the gym. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's what I thought. Uh, because that, I think that that's why, you know, your program has been so successful too, since you started, uh, started doing your own thing. So I don't have, I don't have to ask this, right. I mean, we're 2021, you're coming back, you're going for, to defend this thing, going for number eight, right? Yeah. We're coming back. I'm, man, I just, I don't know what it is this year. Just everything was so legit and you know i i still got some more gas left in the tank and we'll be back awesome awesome 2020 has been crazy so i feel felt like i didn't have to ask but i had to ask at the same time i'm gonna get you out of here on this question um there's we got we got tons of them we got countless dozens of them asking about uh joel hetrick and the the phoenix racing switch to yamaha the way i want to go about asking this is um what does this say about Blue Crew? Because you pioneered this Yamaha effort starting back in 2012. And now we've seen Yamaha rise to being the lead dog in the industry. They're um, an unrivaled power. They're the manufacturer that continues to support the sport. They prioritize the sport of ATVs. So all in all, I have to think that you got to be pretty damn proud seeing where Yamaha is today and being an integral part of that whole deal. I am proud of it. And, you know, I'm just, I wish it would have came sooner, but 
this is this is the path that it goes and you know i would love to see a different manufacturer come in and produce another 450 you know that's what yamaha wants you know all in all as well they want the competition to keep pushing them and for them to continue to make updated units and like for for joel to make the switch to yamaha i'm actually like i think that's the best for our sport because you know we got to support the ones that do support our sport and like maybe if joel can do it i think anybody can do it you know at this point you know because um i think joel is pretty strong red and for him for him to like swallow not necessarily swallow his pride but just like go take that step is like i think that'd be a hard step for him to make and i'm pretty proud of him for doing it and i think uh yeah i mean they're going to be on a very similar machine that, that I'm on. And they felt like they needed that to keep progressing their program. And, you know, I, I feel like they have a, a very good program. It's just, they um, just had some mechanicals that have kept them honest in championships that, you know, it's hard saying, you know, when, when is that time, I guess, for them, I guess you'd say. And uh, after 2020 is their time. And um, I think it's a, a great thing for ATV racing you know, for them to, to make the jump to Blue Crew. Awesome. Yeah. We said the same thing about uh, on the last episode about them making the move to Yamaha and how great of a move it is for, for the sport to su- support the brand that's continuing support ATV racing and prioritizing ATVs. Like we said, sport ATVs in general too. So I wanted to ask it because again, you told us those stories about you and being down at Walsh's and the, the very early days, you and Ryan Cox, uh, you know, kind of, making that Yamaha a race quad for you. Um, and it's been, a, it's been a hell of a run for the last, uh, last nine years. Yeah. It's uh, pretty cool. Like Cox, he messaged me. He's like, dude, we never would have imagined that you would have, you know, just getting that one. And then man, look at you, like, look at, look at the program now. Like we're up to seven. It's, yeah, it's hard to imagine, but man, it's a, uh, it's a very cool feeling. We're seeing where this sport is going. Um, it's been some monumental news surrounding Blue Crew in the last last couple of weeks. And uh, then for you to win this title, Max wins Pro-Am, just all these things. It's been, uh, it's been a great year for Yamaha, that's for sure. Chad, I, I mean, it's um, obviously we're always excited to have you on, but to have you on after such an incredible season, your seventh title, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know, I was on the track, um, you know, on the track, not, not competing with you, but on the track for a number of those seasons. And now to cover mm-hmm. you as a, as a quote unquote media guy, um, you're the ultimate professional. So I just, uh, can't thank you enough, um, for all, all the stuff you do for our sport, all the assets. You're such a great guy, great racer, great mentor for people just a great person all around um and i can't thank you enough obviously for your involvement in the show here i'm so grateful for it pal ah, thank you cody and i kind of like that ring you put on yourself media guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good right. i like it so like uh yeah now we're looking forward to uh you know the, the banquet coming up uh, next month and um actually yamaha is going to be giving away a YZ450R to one of the stock champ, not even championship competitors, but one of the competitors that rode in the stock class that rode a Yamaha Blue Crew. And I really? think you guys, yeah, if you guys want a chance to get in on that next year, you better grab yourself a Yamaha and come in the stock class and race with 
not even myself, but all the amateur classes as well. So. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome yeah. news. Um, Chad, you're the man. Thanks for, thanks for giving us some, uh, some more Yamaha content, Yamaha info there. That's Chad Weenan brought to you by PEP Performance Tuning, providing enhanced performance products like complete fuel injection systems, built from scratch wiring harnesses, ECU programming for the Yamaha YFC450R. And thanks to those guys for giving our listeners the opportunity to win some free Digging Deep hoodies. Thanks, Seven Time. We'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks, Cody. And I want to give a big shout out to my team, friends, family, everybody behind us. And it's um, it's been a very cool year, tough year, but a very cool year. And, and you know, just let's let's see you guys in 2021. Yeah, thanks so much, Chad. Yeah. We really thanks. appreciate you uh, coming on to tell us your story, pal. Yep, yep. Thanks, Cody. Later on, man. What a legend. Congrats to Chad Weenan on his seventh title. I just find him to be so cool, and he's so real. His interviews are always some of my very favorites. Also great to talk Joel Hetrick on a Yamaha with Casey, and we look forward to digging deep with Joel next week. So major thanks to tonight's guests, Chad Weenan and Casey Greek. Thanks as well to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, who always finds time to fit the podcast into his busy schedule. Thanks, Dallas. We couldn't do it without you. Thanks to Brooke, and thanks to AMA official Harv Whipple for all he does to assist us. Thanks to our sponsors, CST Tires, Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI decals, DID racing chain, Wienan Motorsports, the Decker Training Facility, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Blenders Eyewear, Mountaineer Brand, Avocado Green Mattress, Roman Health, Factory 43, and Bike Strikes and Quads, LLC. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save, which you can find on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Basically, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. You can find all of our episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links and discount codes, our show merchandise, and more all on our website, diggingdeepatvmxpodcast.com. So check that out today. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks to PEP Performance Tuning, who we mentioned sponsored the giveaway of 10 Digging Deep hoodies. We put every single person who asked any question for Chad Weenan, whether on Messenger, comment, Facebook, Instagram, whatever and wherever, you got entered. We put the names in a randomizer and these were our winners. Austin Long, Blake Umbaugh, Steve Amaral, Brianna Meeks, and Chad Miro. Those are our winners, thanks to PP Performance Tuning. We'll get in contact with you guys for sizing and color preferences. If you didn't win, don't sweat it too much. We'll give away five more, courtesy of PP in the next few weeks. If you want to simply purchase some merchandise for yourself or a loved one, Digging Deep shirts, hoodies, and more are available with free shipping and all proceeds going directly towards constant growth and improvement of the show. Available for purchase on our website today. Show your support by wearing our apparel. And if you're looking for an easy way to support our efforts, visit diggingdeepatvmx.com and click the Buy Me a Coffee button. This is an easy way for you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to help us out. Call our voicemail line at any time. Our show number is 920-569-3519. Give us a call today and you may hear yourself on an upcoming episode. 
Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional behind-the-scenes content and insider info as we head deeper into the off-season. You know I love the screenshots showing that you're listening, so keep sending those in, and I promise to keep sharing them. It's a simple and effective way to help us grow. As always, be sure to subscribe to the show, give us a rating, tell your friends, share our posts, wear our shirts and hoodies. This all helps spread word about us while helping grow the sport that we love. Congrats again to Chad Weenan, and the next time you hear from us, we'll be talking to his counterpart, Joel Hetrick. Can't wait. With that, for Chad Weenan, Casey Greek, Dallas Jansen, Brooke Catherine, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing, a million downloads and counting. Until next time, thanks for joining us in Digging Deep with Stars of ATV Motocross. guys were hauling ass for real i remember watching doug gus i don't know who it was steel city running the same times friday afternoon as james stewart was on sunday back then at steel city i i would need to check this out i'm dead serious it was mental i've never seen quads go that fast it's not easy, Steve. It's not easy. Listen, JB. I <laughs> no, don't want to hear. It's not easy. I don't want to hear. Quadlers are freaking mine. You don't chew big red. Then. What the? <laughs> Support for the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, providing you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Let's face it, we've all had our fair share of close calls while trimming below the belt. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They've spent years perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. The state-of-the-art trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skincare technology, a battery that will last up to 90 minutes, waterproof technology that allows you to groom in the shower, and an LED light feature which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. We both know that cleaning up down there is a must, so you might as well use the best. Help us usher in a new outside-the-industry sponsor and solidify a relationship with this great company long into the future, all while improving your grooming experience. Trim that junk of yours and order today to help us out. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20.